Hi, my name is Tracy Coral, and welcome to Indispensable People. I'm a wife, mom, teacher, pastor, and missionary, and I believe that every person should have the opportunity to know Christ, grow in Him, and serve Him with the gifts that He has given, no matter their ability. Over 65 million Americans have a disability. That's 25% of the population. However, over 80% of them are not inside the walls of our church. Let's dive into those hard topics, biblical foundations, perceptions, and world-changing ideas. Hey, welcome to today's podcast. I'm so excited that you've joined us. We are going to continue talking about the frequently asked questions. In our last episode, we started those questions. I shared with you that about six months or so ago, I uh, hosted a training and I asked those who registered to share a question they had about serving people with special needs. This could be personal. This could be ministry specific. It could be disability specific. Anything that they liked were interested interested in more about or were concerned about. And so uh, we spent some time answering those questions. We had a lot of fun at the training. We created a whole panel of people to answer those questions and share the information. And so now I want to share that information with you. We're going to start with a very ministry specific question. And the question is, how do you handle volunteer recruiting? Well, first of all, we need to know that Finding those volunteers can sometimes be difficult, but in our churches, we need to create an atmosphere of servants that um, it is normal to serve God. If you know him and you love him, then you are making sure that his gospel is accessible to as many people as possible. And I know that we are asking people who work full-time jobs, take care of their families and have other responsibilities to take on another task. But This is the purpose that God has called them for. He has created them. He has a plan for them. And he has a plan for creation. He has a plan of salvation, a message that needs to be delivered. And we get to be a part of that. That's something we really need to make sure that those who are serving with us know we get to do this. This is not a This is not, and I have to, it's not a guilty thing that we walk around with that I just have to do it because it's the right thing to do. No, it's we get to do this. We get to be a part of God's plan. We get to help bring others to know him. And so that starts uh, outside of the disability ministry. But when it comes to disability ministry specific, we want to make sure first and foremost that it's known that it exists within the church. Sometimes we do things and there are certain parts of our congregation that aren't even aware that an event or a ministry or an opportunity is happening. So we want to bring this ministry before the church. We want to be able to cast some vision. People need to be able to see, touch, and experience the people that they will be serving. Another great way after casting that vision is to personally approach people. A personal invitation, uh, letting them know that you think that they would fit in your ministry. Listen, I will tell you the number one thing that I absolutely 
dislike that people say when it comes to disability ministry, they'll say, oh, it takes a special person to do that. First of all, no. It takes a person who loves with the love of Christ to do that. That's number one. Number two, everyone has a sweet spot of serving. And that's not because one ministry is better than the other, one is harder or easier than the other. It's simply because God made us in different ways and he gave us giftings that then help us to serve. And so we need to think about the people within your church and go, okay, who would who would do really well with this? What personalities work really good in this ministry? Um, and that's a vast array. You know why? Because the people that we serve is a vast array of people. And so there are lots of opportunities, lots of people. And I pray and hope that as you cast this vision and share with your church about special needs ministry, that there will be people that you wouldn't even have thought of or didn't know who feel like, wow, this isn't something I knew was a thing. And now I know what God wants me to do. And they're going to come and say, I want to be a part of this. Um, the other thing is you want to think outside of the box. It doesn't have to be an adult. There are teens and children who would do a great job helping and being a part of the buddy system and serving in great ways. Kids and teens are very moldable, teachable, and they will be willing to do some things that, you know what, sometimes us old grumpy adults think um, we get stuck in our ways and don't want to go outside of them. So think outside of that box. Think of the people who could help and to serve. And here's the thing. If you need to, and really, I always tell everyone, you can't do everything all at one time. It's a bad idea. Don't try to start up a, a special needs ministry and decide that you're going to serve kids, teens, and adults all at the same time. Build up. Start small. See where the need is within your church and then build the ministry from that need and more. And that's where you don't scare your church. You um, show them an easy progression into it. And it is just beneficial that way. Another thing to do is to offer training. Some people will say, listen, I would love to be a part of this, but I just don't know what I'm doing. I've never done anything like this before. Um, they're going to do those kinds of things or say those kinds of things. But if you offer them training, offer them the ability to learn and grow in their knowledge and love for people with disabilities, that will change a lot. And remember that, um, again, I'm going to bring up that sweet spot. Uh, we are the body of Christ, okay? None of us are the whole body. Okay, we make up the body of Christ together. And so everyone's going to come and they're going to have their different sweet spots. And it is beneficial and necessary as a leader to look for those giftings in your people and to know where they best serve so that you can help to help them find that placement. Um, another thing that you want to know is that um, you are building a relationship with that volunteer. Listen, as a leader, those volunteers just aren't um, people to do what you need done. Those people are precious and they are stepping into a calling that God has for them. And you get the opportunity as the leader to help disciple and develop that. And you um, 
are wonderful to build relationships with them. One of the most important things that I always, always, always try to remember is that um, my volunteers don't only exist to volunteer and they do have other things going on in life. And I need to be sensitive to that as a leader and to support them in that and make sure that I'm not burning them out and make sure that I am letting them know how important they are and thanking them for their serving. And that's just one question that we can answer in lots of ways about um, finding a volunteer base. But here's a a follow-up question that kind of goes with it. This question says, with a limited volunteer base, how do you meet the needs of children with disabilities? Well, first of all, sometimes you just got to use what you have, okay? If um, you need to work within a small group of volunteers, then maybe instead of a buddy system where everybody's split up throughout the church, which would require lots more people, maybe you do a more centralized um, meeting or Bible study or Sunday school class so that um, they can be together and maybe a couple volunteers instead of one per each can be with um, that child. Remember to equip them um, and utilize those teens and adults. That's going to go back to um, building up your volunteer base. And listen, if we can build up kids and teens when they're young um, to know that serving is a part of uh, following God and being a believer, then um, we'll have a volunteer for life if we take good care of them. Um, And know that when we are putting those kids in places, we're never leaving them alone, never leaving those teenagers serving alone. They are always in um, the support of an adult. And um, you can put those individuals with disabilities in groupings, okay? Maybe uh, it would seem that Joe and Susie are very different humans and they just don't see eye to eye and they don't like the same things. And um, maybe Joe can do things that Susie can't do. And so it might frustrate Susie and you have to come up with a different plan. We'll find some someone that is similar to Susie and find someone who's similar to Joe and help them work together with a buddy instead of giving each one uh, their own buddy. Um, Another thing that uh, question, another question that is asked is if a child needs a one-on-one, how do you specifically identify the right person? So this kind of goes in the volunteering questions. Um, It's just an add-on to it. But here's how you know who to pick. First of all, you got to know the person that you serve. And you got to know the people who are serving. And once you know a little bit about each of them, it becomes much more easily to match people to um, to serve. And sometimes it might seem like it's good on paper, but that doesn't always mean that it was true. I'll share an example. I run a summer camp um, for individuals with disabilities um, and the paperwork that comes in for some of our individuals is spot on and they tell us uh, in great detail about the individual that we're going to serve for the week. And some others seems like they were filling out the paper for somebody else. So take it upon yourself to really get to know the people that you serve and the people you're serving with. 
so that you can make those informed decisions. Um, and here's here's the honest to goodness truth. Sometimes it's trial and error. There's no perfect um what what are the online dating sites? I'm trying to think of the names. Um, match.com, right? We're not putting our information in on match and seeing who ends up with who and and you know, we've met the 85 criteria that makes it work, right? We're just working with humans and trying our best to make matches that would help everyone to come closer to God, to know more about him, to build relationship and fellowship with one another. Those are just some really um, simple things to consider when you're building that volunteer base. So another question I'm going to go into, which kind of goes more ministry specific, which seems to be where this podcast is going. Um, What are some must-haves for a sensory room? So we were talking about, um, you know, a buddy system or who's with who, one-on-ones, that kind of thing. And those individuals who may have one-on-ones may have more significant sensory needs. And so you might have a space within your church or a corner within the classroom that you've created into a sensory space. And so what can you put in there? What would you consider for that? Well, I would start off with um, some noise-canceling headphones. Um, also to consider um, some environmental options, you know, if you want to keep that space closed in or if you think you need to keep it in close quarters. And that really depends on your space within your church. But also if you are uh, creating a space within your, let's say, youth room or your um, kids church classroom you might want to get some fake walls and make it a little bit more enclosed so that it's quiet and that it's calm. Um, some other options that I would consider are some flexible seatings like a bean, a bean bag chair or um, Ikea has these really great, um, I call it an egg chair where they can sit in and close it up and you can spin in it. Um, those are great. The other options that would be easy are some lighting options, some fun lamps or lights. Um, there are some fiber optic lights that are really cool. And um, another thing to consider is that sometimes the lighting in a room with fluorescent lights um, is bothersome. So you can buy, um, Amazon has them, some light covers Listen, what I did is that I kind of um, went through all the extra lighting things at our church and the colors that they weren't using to light up the stage. I asked if I could use the gel lights and they said yes because they weren't using them. It just comes in a multi-pack and it was free, didn't cost me anything, and it made the room um, less harsh with the fluorescent lights and look really neat. So those are just some ideas, easy things to consider But um, here's one last question in these um, frequently asked questions that um, this can maybe a hard question to answer. This person said, what is the line you draw in ministering to individuals' needs? Like when's too much too much? First of all, we want to exhaust every option every option because we're remembering the great commission go into all the world and it does not say except for 
Okay, so we need to make sure that there is some ways to consider serving. Now, if that individual isn't able to be successful or you can't provide for them within the walls of your church and your services and things like that, go outside the box. See if you can set up some times with mom and dad or caregiver and say, hey, would it be okay if I came over? That is a great option to still disciple and minister to someone. Sometimes we just have to meet people where they are. They're going through tough times. They're dealing with hard things. And um, you know what? It might feel like you woke up on the wrong side of the bed day after day, but we want to make sure that we have considered every possible way to serve them. And then if you can't, you've done everything you can, and there's just really not anything else that you can do, you want to find established resources that you can direct them to. Again, I there I can't tell you where the line is. The line doesn't exist. The line is zigzaggy, swervy, curvy, and all over the place because you and I don't go to the same church. We don't serve under the same pastors. We don't have the same volunteers. We don't have the same budgets. We don't have all, everything about our churches are different, right? The building set up, the, all of the things. So I can't tell you where the line is. But I can tell you that you need to exhaust every possible option that you have. And then if there is absolutely nothing left for you to do to minister to a family impacted by disabilities, then you need to find and set them up with established resources so that they are not left without opportunities to grow in Christ. Making sure the gospel is accessible is our goal. Can it be difficult? Can it be messy? For sure. It is. It will be. And nothing that I can tell you will give you everything that you need to prepare for every possible thing that might come your way. But I hope that in these podcasts that you will have gleaned some things that help you to understand those who are impacted by disabilities and the options that are available to make sure that they feel like they're part of the body of Christ and that they are valued and that they are loved and that they are included in the best way that you possibly can. Do I know everything about disability ministry? Do I have all the answers? Have I done everything perfectly? I have absolutely not. But we are going to continue this conversation so that people of all abilities can have the opportunity to know Christ, grow in Him, and serve Him with the gift that He has given them. 